up high. We choose to give you praise. We choose to honour you this morning. We thank you, Father, for a great opportunity to come together in the name of Jesus. Thank you for every person that's around us today. We declare your blessing over them in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare we are blessed to be a blessing. And I pray that this morning every person would connect with you in some way. That every person would know your presence. That every person would move in their journey with you. So Father, we open our hearts to you and say, stir us along a little. I pray that you would stir up a few dreams this morning. You'd stir up a few ideas, a few passions this morning that can be outworked in your kingdom at large in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome. It's great to see you. You're doing all right? Three of you are doing all right? You're doing okay? Really? How was that All Black thing last night? Did you see that? That was pretty good, wasn't it? That was quite impressive. And the Olympics, so they've been they've been quite sensational, really, haven't they? Quite. Uh, I like them all the different, um, you know, all the different disciplines. I think, man, it's inspiring. It's very good, very good. Well, why don't you say hello to two or three people? Just tell them they're looking fantastic and shake their hand and ask their name and say something extremely encouraging to them and then find a seat. to have you here today. We are going to have a great time together as we celebrate Jesus. If you're visiting with us, great to have you. I pray you feel comfortable and that you can enjoy our time together. Well, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Jenny Dilly's today. Where's Jess Jenny? Come down here, Jenny. Who else has had a birthday or a wedding anniversary this week? Happy birthday. Anyone, anyone, Linda, sitting there that's become a grandparent, you can have another chocolate. You deserve it. Anybody else become a grandparent this week? You've become one this week too. Oh, look at that. Congratulations. You, you could both have chocolate if you wanted. I reckon. It's worth it. It's like a baby explosion happening at the moment around the place. It's awesome. I think we've got three or four baby dedications over the next three or four weeks. It's wonderful. Any other birthdays, anniversaries? Yeah. Anyone announcing they're having babies? Cool. Why don't we jump up on our feet? Let's bless these guys. Here we go. Ready? Father, we thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Happy birthday, happy anniversary, happy having babies. Well. It's been a great week. There's been some good things happening this week. 
congratulations to the, the Business Plus team for uh, having an incredible, from what I've heard. I'm still trying to work on the um, omnipresence thing. I couldn't quite work it this week. But uh, uh, an incredible event. Um, so I just I want to congratulate Trevor and the team for putting on a great event during the week. Well done. Very, very good. We've had some marvellous feedback about it. It's excellent. I've had the privilege, it was a great privilege to have Ian and Judith Green with us this week. And uh, so welcome, Ian's just out, he's going to be in in a minute, but welcome, it's great to have you with us. And uh, we're looking forward to this morning. Ian and I have been travelling around the North Island visiting Activate Churches this week and just encouraging them and spurring them on what God's doing in and through them in their communities. It's been a great time. Then yesterday we had a, an elders retreat with Ian and that was, uh, that was great, sparking a few ideas and challenging us on some of our thinking, just pushing us forward. So, so it's been, it's been a, a great time and you're going to be blessed today. You're going to be a little challenged as well, but you're going to be blessed today by uh, what Ian brings later on. Oh yeah, young adults are away on a camp. That's great. Father, bless them. May they have a great time, I pray in Jesus' name. Just want to let you know also that on the 4th of September is Father's Day. Oh, there's more. We've got a combined gathering. Yeah, yeah, good combined gathering. Father's Day, but all the mothers, prepare. Children, your dads want decent gifts. Big ones, expensive ones with engines. <laughs> Hey, Ray and Wendy are going away for um, a sabbatical. They're going away for 10 weeks tomorrow. It's pretty exciting, eh? And um, Wendy, why don't you come down and, and we're going to pray for you because... Oh, actually, let's, let's send the kids on their way first. Otherwise, you'll never get there. Thank you. Thank you, leaders. Have a great time, kids. Enjoy yourselves. about some of the leaders coming. Let's gather around Ray and Wendy. I'm just hearing what I was going to say before I said it. I'm thrilled to be sending these guys away. It's good. It's good. They, they work really hard and you know Ray and Wendy are an incredible gift to us as a church and uh, we appreciate you guys. We honour you guys. We thank you guys for the tireless effort that you put into us. You don't see the work behind the scenes that Ray does keeping me on the straight and narrow. And uh, no, it's not really like that. But um, we do, we honour you and we thank you and um, we're going to pray that God blesses you and refreshes you while you're away. They're away for 10 weeks. So you're not allowed any problems for 10 weeks. Okay, none, none. But they're going to have an awesome time. Graham. Well, we have uh, in our church a, a pastor who um, loves to focus on honouring people. And uh, I have a great privilege today on behalf of uh, Cameron here and Caleb and the, uh, as, as trustees of the Activate Foundation Trust to honour Pastor Ray. Um, many of you don't know too much about the, the Activate Foundation Trust. It was set up to protect the assets of the wider church. Uh, we also have some investments that generate some income which helps 
the work of the <clears throat> our wider church. So that's what we do. Uh, our motto is is giving to grow and growing to give. Pastor Ray kind of uh, thought of that, and um, it is, it's so true. And we want to honour him truly as as the chairman of the trust. Um, we've had some fine chairmen over the years, um, but today I want to particularly. Uh, honour Pastor A for a number of things. Firstly, his, his godly wisdom, his foresight, his, his leadership of us as a group of trustees and the wonderful unity and oneness that he has created. Uh, as I said, his, his humbleness and his willingness also to uh, be willing to, to listen to and act upon the vision and dreams of, of other trustees. And uh, we just honour honour him for that. There's also the fact that, uh, and it's so vitally important. And as I said in the last service, uh, it was demonstrated to us on Friday. Um, Ray's willingness to allow God's will to be done uh, in all our dealings. So not a matter of what we wanted, but it's a matter of what God wants. And and Ray demonstrates that repeatedly uh, in all our dealings. So we we want to honour you. And as a result of of Ray's leadership, we have seen the foundation really grow incredibly mightily over the years. It's been it's been fantastic. It's a, it's a it's a miracle, and, and we, we give God the praise continually for that. So Ray, we do honour you today, and it's also important to also to honour Wendy because of her music ministry and all the other ways that she serves in the church, and um, not the least her releasing Ray to uh, to, to us. Because Ray only works about 16 hours a day, you know, six or seven days a week. But, so we're, we're going to try and up that when he gets back. We haven't told him, we haven't told him yet, but, uh, but no, we, so we do thank Wendy and, and, uh, for her contribution to, to what we do in the foundation. So honour. We honour you, Ray, and Wendy too. Thank Fantastic. Thank you, Graham. How about jumping up on your feet and let's, let's declare God's blessing over these guys. Yeah, do you want to gather around them, lay your hands on them? Yeah. Father, I thank you for this great gift to your church and more particularly to us uh, at this part of your body and Father we declare your favour over these guys we declare your refreshment over them your blessing over them Father I ask that they would know your protection every way they turn as they travel and Lord that you would reinvigor them, you would re-envision them, uh, you would uh, refill them with the zest of life uh, for the next season that lies ahead. And so, uh, Holy Spirit, I ask that it would not only be a time of refreshment, but it would be a time of revelation. Yes. In Jesus' name. And Father, by faith, we remove any cap, any ceiling that would stop the revelation being clear and to the degree that you'd like. Lord also pray that they would just have the time of their lives. Bless their marriage. Let them enjoy one another's company and all the people they meet along the way. Let them have a blast, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. So you fly out tomorrow, eh? Great. That's a good kind of holiday. You just, you just ditch everything and go. Well, it's not all holiday, eh? You're doing, you're doing some stuff yeah, along the way to... So, yeah, we are, we are doing stuff. And uh, Wendy and I, uh, tomorrow evening, 7.30, fly out to Los Angeles. 
And uh, the first thing we're going to do, because I've wanted to do this for a long time, I want to go to Santa Monica Beach and uh, walk along the boardwalk there. So um, when he goes, I might be a bit tired for that, but I, go, I want to do that. So <laughs> the day after, we're meeting up with some doctors and Dr. Claire Harford, who Aaron and her uh, come here, of course. They're in Chicago. We're meeting them in Los Angeles, visiting the largest Christian medical ministry in um, Los Angeles. And we're going to Skid Row, uh, which is going to be pretty dramatic. Really looking forward to that. And then uh, we also have a tour through the Dream Center and then um, over to New York and going to Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, um, which is, they have a tremendous prayer ministry. And yeah, yeah. And uh, into the UK and joining part of the X UK conference. I'm looking forward to that. Over to Greece and to the north of Greece, into Israel, and that back via Tokyo to Auckland on the 5th of October. And um, then. But we're not back here. The first Sunday we'll be back is on the 6th of November. So really appreciate your love and your thoughts and your prayers. And uh, look forward to seeing you on the 6th of November. Fantastic. You forgot to mention Disneyland. Oh, oh. Nice. <laughs> I know about that, but that's awesome. That's great. Exciting, eh? That's wonderful. Very, very good. Well, we're going to celebrate communion together this morning. Kit, why don't you come and lead us? How about giving Kit a hand as she comes? Morning, church. <laughs> I'd like to take a little bit of a, a different perspective this morning at communion um, from what we normally do. I um, see that with um, with the cross that there is two parts to it. There is the amazing gift, which is what we usually focus on communion, the great gift that we have that Jesus came to connect us to the Father. But there's also another part that we can't ignore, and that's the responsibility that we have because of that gift. And that's the bit I'd like to just to share about this morning. So when Jesus came, he had one purpose, one purpose. He achieved a lot of things, but there was one thing that he came for, and that was to reveal and to connect us to the Father. Everything that he did was every person he spoke to, every way he spoke to someone, every act he did revealed the Father's heart and it brought about a closer connection to the Father. And ultimately, we see as we think about the cross, that was his ultimate act of bringing about that purpose. But it doesn't end at that. It was only the beginning. You see, the Father has so desired a connection with each person. And Jesus made that way possible, but then he said, go and do likewise. And the challenging thought that I have, and every time we say the little saying that we have, <coughs> whenever we ever be like Jesus, you know, when you really think about that, the real challenging to me is if Jesus had one mission, and that was to connect people to the Father, is that our one mission? Is that what we are totally about? And I find it incredibly challenging to think that if you look at the prophets of old, they pointed towards Jesus. They were like signposts. Um, and even up to John the Baptist, they were pointing towards, they were pointing out the sin and the need for a saviour. 
But Jesus didn't come to, to point that out. He came to be a bridge. And I find it a challenging thought to think that are we also a bridge to help connect people to the Father? Um, I'd like to just share a little bit about um, I work at, at ATC, Train Me in here, and um, we are in a church out there, and it's really interesting being in a church. I see it just as a building, but many people don't, and so they come in, and all their thoughts about church are right there, and you feel and you sense them, and we had this young guy um, came in. He was in his 20s. And he came and he was in a really dark space. He'd been suicidal and so he'd moved um, into the region to be with an auntie as a last chance. He was hopeless. He was facing bankruptcy um, from an accident he'd had when not been insured. <coughs> he'd lost his job. He'd lost his license. And he was in a really bad space. And he came in and, of course, we're in a church. And he's like, you better not give me any of this Jesus stuff. And he was so negative and he was so angry. And I'm like, this is going to be interesting. We do devotions every morning and we do a karakia. Um, he walked out the first few times we did it. He didn't want a bar of it. And he was, he was listening to the, some awful um, music that was really dark. And the students were complaining about his negativity. They're like, this is a positive place. He's so negative. And I'm like, I know, but let's just try and love him and let's just see what happens. And we just loved him. And, um, you know, if we had been a signpost, if we had stood there and said, you need Jesus, which he did, he would have walked away and never come back. He wasn't ready for us to do that. But as we just accepted him, we had opportunity, and he dramatically, over the, the next month or so, there was a dramatic change in his behaviour, um, his attitude. We had a chance to start talking. The reason he was so hatred towards Christians was because his mother was a Christian, but she was an alcoholic. And so she had done a lot of damage to his image of what God, who God was and what Christians were about. As we just loved him and we didn't preach at him. You know, I, I found him a very challenging student. He was, everything I said was, was um, wrong. And, um, and he would have a negative opinion. But I would ask God, what is it you would say to him? And I would try and speak those words. And they weren't coming from me because they weren't things I would have said. <laughs> But they were definitely words from the Father. But I couldn't say God said this about you. It was my words to him, but it was the Father's words through me. And that is, we saw this guy, you know, come to this place. Now, he didn't come to accept Jesus, but by the end of the two months he was with us, he, was, um, he had a job offer we'd managed to get. We'd seen miracles all the way through. And we would tell him, oh, we prayed about that last night and things, and we just dropped seeds. And then by the end, he was about to leave to go to this job, and then all of a sudden, some stuff went, um, and it was looking like it wasn't going to happen. And he was angry. And um, I needed to make a phone call to try and sort out the situation. And I said to him, would you mind if we just pray? And he goes, you know what I think about that? I said, I know, but I just see that you seem to have a favor on you because every time we pray for things, they seem to happen. So I just wonder if we could try. And he's like, okay. So I prayed with him and then we rang and we had a, um, a great outcome and he was able to go into that job and it turned around. He came in a few months later with a letter recommending um, that students would come to us because we accept them and we weren't judgmental about him. 
you know, that has been a bridge. I see that um, there's, I see it like a scale of one to ten where people are either zero or ten. You know, he came in at a zero or one, absolutely no grid for God. But he left probably about a three or four. He couldn't deny with all the conversations we had that there was someone that was actually looking after him and that was there for him. As we take communion this morning, the challenge I want to leave is, are we being a bridge connecting the awesome Father's love? And Jesus did the ultimate sacrifice and um, to connect, that was the sole purpose and that purpose has not stopped. So let's just uh, close our eyes and pray and then we'll take the emblems. Father, we just thank you so much for your unrelenting pursuit of us, that you give everything for connection with you. And Father, you gave so much, you gave your son, Jesus. And as we take the bread this morning, we remember the sacrifice that it was to you to send him for that sole purpose, to connect us with you. So let's just take the bread together. As we take the juice, Jesus, we just thank you for your total obedience to go about your Father's business, to keep the main thing, the main thing, that you are about connecting people to the Father and revealing the Father. And we thank you for going to the ultimate extreme of laying down your life, pouring out your blood as a way to bring down the barriers between us and the Father. And we pray as we take this that you will remind us of this purpose and you will enable and equip us to carry the same purpose into our lives. side of a line he gave us Jesus who draws all men to himself and it might look to us like bit by bit you know day by day year by year drawing people to his heart he's such a good father he's such a wonderful God so so do you want to stand and we're just going to worship our incredible saviour
Father, we choose to open our hearts to you this morning. We choose to open our minds to you. And as part of our worship today, I ask that you would accept our willingness to be shaped, our willingness to think kingdom, our willingness to be provoked a little in how you want to use us and your purpose for our lives. And Father, I would ask that this morning our soul surrendered to you. It looks like the acceptance to wrestle with you a little and allow you to shape and to mould and to make and use us for your purposes to touch this great city of Hamilton and the nation and the nations of the world because we're open to you. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us today. Thank you. Well, I'm really excited about the journey that God's got us on. And uh, on one hand, I'm excited. On the other hand, I'm kind of daunted with the whole thing because, you know, it would be nice to have a few more absolutes along the way. But it's kind of like he's got us going in this direction and instead run for your life, which we are. And uh, he's painting the picture as we go. And that's a little daunting in some ways, but it's so exciting because it's a faith journey. And that's what it's all about. I'm just grateful that God's uh, chosen to invite us. If you're around last Sunday night, I talked about the, the call of God is one thing, but responding to the call of God is something else. The call of God is simply an invitation to participate. And then we respond to that, however he's asking. And I'm really excited this morning to have Ian and Judith with us. And as I said, I've been traveling with Ian during the week, but I've known Ian now for about five years and I've really appreciated and one of the reasons he's here today is the fact that uh, he, because of connections and networking and places he spends time, he has the ability to bring different language to what God's placed in my heart. And I really appreciate the way he can paint a different colour around that. And... um, it's a great journey we're on and I like the fact that he, he provokes me in my thinking and uh, I find I personally find spending time with him advantageous because he will, he will shine a different coloured light or a different angle light on something uh, that we're working on or thinking with and it just helps you step that little bit further forward into the, to where God's taking us. And this morning he's going to share a great message with us. He's going to provoke us a little bit and my prayer is that our hearts are open to respond to God. So, Ian, it's great to have you here. Again, fantastic. Why don't you come? Can we give him a big hand, please, as he does? Thank you. Please be seated. It's a real pleasure to be at Activate Church this morning in Hamilton. We've been in Activate Churches all over the area the last uh, few days and go up to uh, uh, Activate Church in in Auckland uh, tomorrow, and it's just a pleasure to uh, be with you again. Um, Judith and myself, we tremendously look forward to coming here. We, we love the vision. We love what God is speaking to you. We actually think that uh, God is probably creating a prototype out of you 
of how community transformation can take place in very practical and pragmatic ways. And so we just feel honored to um, be able to sow into you know, the great journey you're already on and maybe some of the things that we add will help you and inspire you to move forward. That's, that's absolutely awesome. You remember last year when I was uh, here, you, our focus is to bring community transformation in Romania and um, you, you helped us to buy some nappies for children in, in Romania. And um, initially we, we had thought that maybe one nappy a night would kind of fix it. But I guess anybody that's had children will know that one nappy a night, that doesn't fix it. <laughs> so we went up to two and then we felt, no, no, we should at least do four, four nappies a day. And so we've committed ourselves to supply 100,000 nappies for the next three years as we work on other, uh, each year for the next three years as we work on other um, strategies to make that whole area um, economically sustainable. There is 60, uh, there is 92% unemployment in that community, so people make decisions whether we feed our baby or we give them a nappy. So I just wanted to show you um, the video because you're absolutely a part of this and you've, you downloaded very generously last last time I was here. I just want, so I wanted to just show you the short little video which will give you a picture of how Hamilton is in Romania. Thank you. County in northwest Romania there is a beautiful community which is home to around 3,000 people. Lezeren has a large gypsy community of about 400 men, women and children. The children make up nearly half. The 85 families in this gypsy community have to live spread across 65 houses in the community. Most of the adults in this gypsy community are unemployed and so the future is bleak and the outlook dim for this community unless its children and young people are able to obtain resources to change their future. The Proton Foundation is partnering with the Caleb Foundation to bring social change and positive futures to communities in Europe. Proton Foundation has been moved by the needs in this community. With living conditions in the village harsh, there are practical needs that can be solved relatively simply. One such problem is the lack of running water, means that it is impossible for the families to keep their babies clean, and so the children are at risk of disease and infection. The Diaper a Day project aims to provide every child under 2 years old in the Lazaren Gypsy community with a clean diaper every day and night. This project aims to protect these vulnerable children from disease, infection, as well as helping them to have a healthy start to their life by being able to rest and be at peace in their homes throughout the day and night. We are seeking to provide 100,000 diapers for the most vulnerable in this community. If you would like more information on how you can be involved, visit us at www.protonfoundation.com. The good, the, good, the good news is, last year when I was here, it cost about $150 to, um, to look after a child. But uh, 
because we're coming out of the EU and our currencies got trashed, <laughs> it's much cheaper for you. <laughs> and you can, you can help for $100 per, per child for one diaper for a whole year. So if that's of your interest, that'll be awesome. I want to, I want to turn you to um, a passage found in uh, Exodus chapter 33, Exodus chapter 33. I want to talk this morning about having the favor, having the favor of God. What does it look like when we have the favor of God? There are 56 references in the Old Testament that mention the favor of God. Favor means goodwill, acceptance, uh, desire, and pleasure. And oftentimes when we think about favor, we often go to two extremes. So we think, well, if we've got favor, we get our own way all the time. That's called having favor. The other extreme that sometimes we go to is we don't expect nothing because we're unworthy. And why would God ever want to do anything for us? And our expectations are fulfilled. We get nothing. And they are the two tensions that we deal with when we deal with favor. So turn with me to Exodus chapter 33, and I'm going to read from verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so that I may know and continue, and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Drop down to verse 16. How will anyone know that we are pleased, that you are pleased with me, and that your people, unless you go with us, what else will distinguish us, uh, will dis distinguish me between, uh, sorry, what else will what else will distinguish me and your people from the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do everything you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. So, favor came in a package called opportunity for Moses. He says, I am going to go with you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to show you favor. And you are going to have the ability to take the people out of Egypt and to bring them into the promised land. There was favor, and favor demonstrates itself in opportunity. I want you to hold that thought um, because sometimes we... We have different ideas of favor, but that is the core thought that favor gives us opportunities. You see, favor is not a formula. It's not if I do A, B, C, then I get D, E, F. Favor is not a formula. It's not you put your money in the slot machine and something comes out at the bottom. In fact, sometimes favor is misunderstood. When we think of uh, Job, Job, he was, uh, he was being hassled by his friends um, life had got a bit bad. Life had not, not gone his way. And as a result, his friends around him 
said, oh, God must be punishing him. But God, says, God said of Job, I've not found one so faithful in the whole earth. And sometimes we misinterpret data. We misinterpret data of what is actually happening in our lives and sometimes the lives of other people. And we come to conclusions that are contrary to what God has intended or planned. You see, when we understand the character and nature of God, although sometimes the winds of life blow difficult and sometimes the the cards that we're dealt with are challenging, and sometimes the unexpected chaos breaks out in our lives. It is actually no indication there is less favor upon us. No indication whatsoever. Let me give you some definitions of favor. Favor is doing, favor is God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. Favor is God. God's goodness displayed in the believer's life that the credit alone will be given to God. Favor is acceptance, approval, assistance awarded to us by God graciously working to optimize my circumstances for my benefit but for His glory. I don't know how how conversant you are about how much favor is upon this church, how much, how much opportunity has come to this church, how much blessing has come to this church. Like Hamilton, Hamilton. It's just Hamilton, isn't it? No. Like it's not Paris, is it? It's it's not London. It's not New York. It's not Los Angeles. It's not Prague. It's Hamilton. But God has decided to favor you. Remarkably favor you. In fact, like I have to tell you, I boast about you all over the world. I talk about Activate Church in Hamilton. I boast about you because I'm not sure you are fully conversant about the level of favor that are upon you as a community. When we think, when we think of Vision College, wow, how many students? 500. Several hundred students influencing young lives for the cause of Christ. We think of Community Link. We think of Build Link. We think of, we think of numbers of things that are taking place. We, we, we think of Train Me. We think of ATC Professional. Wow. We think of Budget Link. Hamilton. Hamilton. What's happened? Favor. For, for no other reason, God has decided this community of people would have the opportunity to stewardship, to steward amazing and incredible opportunities that is quite disproportionate to the size of the church, to the muscle of the church, quite disproportionate. God has given you 
avenues. And some of these avenues have been active for 20, 30 years into the community. And so when you, when you arrive at work on, on a Monday morning, there's somebody in Community Link already downloading the kingdom of God to somebody. Property Link is already sorting someone's house out. Wow, and we're a part of this. We're actually a part of this. God has actually joined us uh, with our hearts and with our hips to this vision, and that is absolutely remarkable. You see, favor, blessing. You remember in Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 to 3, the Lord says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless your descendants. I'm going to make you an incredible nation in the earth. Well, didn't God know he couldn't have children? Like, that was a bit remiss, wasn't it? We have a little problem. I'm going to make you a nation, but you can't have children. Oh, cool. It wasn't until, it, it wasn't until chapter 18 and verse 10 where God says, I am going to give you a son. And so when favor comes on us and promises come on us, we... we, we we actually think the deal is right now, going to take place right now. But sometimes we have to go through a process for favor to be fully outworked in our lives. What about Joseph? Joseph in Genesis chapter 39 says this, verse 3. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him everything, success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, and so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Well, that was a good day, wasn't it? That was another good day. There was another good day when Joseph, had a, when Joseph got that vision, right? And he's got his, you know, he's been hassled, haggled by his brothers. And he gets this vision of uh, mom and dad bowing down before him and, his, and all of his brothers bowing before him. Now, that was another good day. That was a really good day. What Joseph was not expecting, he wasn't expecting the pit, and he wasn't expecting the prison. We would say, we could say, well, where is God? Exactly where he's always been, fulfilling his favor and purpose in our lives. And sometimes stuff comes to us, and, and when it comes to us, we can't always fit it into place where it may fit in our lives. But we do know this. We are committed. To, we are committed and we understand the character and nature of God. And He is for us. And He is with us. And He will not forsake us. And He will favor us because we are His people. Favor. You spell favor, W-O-R-K. Did you get that? Favor, W-O-R-K. You spell opportunity the same way, W-O-R-K. <laughs> we think favor means shortcut. We think favor means, well, we'll come down in a second. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. In Ephesians 1 and verse 3, it says, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, in heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Do you know what? We're already blessed. 
In fact, if Jesus never did another single thing for us, we are blessed, we are highly favored, our future is secure, it's going to be good. It may be tough now, but it's going to be good. Going to be good because we are in a position. I could, I could talk about Nehemiah. I could talk about Samuel. I could talk about a whole bunch of other people. Look, look what, what, what about what about Gideon? What about Gideon? In Judges chapter 6 and verse 15, it says this, But the Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am least in my entire family. And the Lord said to him, You are qualified. Well, I didn't say that. I will be with you, and you will be destroyed. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you are fighting one man. Have you got that? When we have favor, it's not to do with personal qualification. It's not even to do with personal experience. It's the goodness and the mercy of God. Now that is not to say that with favor, with favor, we sometimes have to upskill ourselves. Sometimes with favor, we still have to, have to learn stuff understand how stuff works. It's just that the opportunity is there. Favor brings opportunity. Favor brings opportunity. And the guarantee of His presence and provision and power to accomplish His special purposes in my life, that's why favor comes. So the Apostle Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 16, he says, there's a great and effectual door open for me. He didn't just lie on his couch and go, cool. No, no, no. He, he got up. He built a team. He began to execute a plan to go to major cities right across Europe to bring the power of transformation across those cities. You see, God is with me and God is for me. Have you got that? Why don't you say that with me? God is with me and God is for me. You may be in a dark spot this morning. You may be in a difficult spot. But you know what? God's intentions to you and the reality of experience, of His experience being with you may, may, may feel a bit thin, may feel a bit empty. But this is the declaration of God upon our lives this morning. God is, God is with me and God is for me. See, there's some false ideas about favor. False ideas. You know, some people driving for a park, looking for a park up and down the street, and then a little, a little place come where they can park, and they go, oh, praise the Lord, favor of God. That's reasonably infantile. It's interesting. But we, we are given favor not just to get a park. We're given favor to have a significant impact upon our city and upon our world and upon our street and upon our community and upon our office and upon our factory. And some people understand favor to mean getting favors from God. Say, come on, Lord, I've helped you out. I need a bit of a backhand of you. Come on. I need a favor of you. I need you to get me out of jail. I need you to get me out of this one. Been stopped again by the police. Oh, Jesus. Give him a heart attack before he comes to the window. <laughs> I need a favor. I'll pray for him, but he'll, he'll be all right. No, no. Like, having the favor of God is not having favors from God. 
See, favor's not fair. You've probably seen that. You've seen people in this church in your life. My gosh, they're, they're not as holy as you. They don't pray as much as you. They're much more uglier than you. And it all works out good. So I, I need to get plastic surgery and get ugly. That must be, that must be the cue. No, no, favor's not fair. Look, fairness was abolished at the cross. Because if we have what's fair, we'd all be in a mess, right? If we have what's fair. So favor's been abolished at the cross. In fact, favor gives us stuff we never deserved. And who's ever getting it, they never deserved it either. Then favor, when favor comes, it's not convenient. It's normally inconvenient. So God spoke to, to Noah, great opportunity. Mate, just want you to build a boat. Blinking egg, what's a boat? What's a boat? Oh, well, I'll give you the plans. Oh, cool. And we would want one of them for what? Oh, I'm going to flood the earth. Come on, that's a good one. That's a good one. You're going to flood the earth. All right, this is a joke. Okay, so give me the real story. No, no, no. This is what's going to happen. And it came, it became inconvenient for decades for him to build this boat. It's inconvenient. Had the opportunity, he had favor, but it was inconvenient. What about... Uh, What about Nehemiah? He had a pretty good job. He had a corporate salary. It's all going good. And then he gets favor. He gets opportunity. God says, can you quit and go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? That's something like the devil he's saying. That's not something like God because it's good here. It's good. I got it good. Okay, I got it good. See, and what happens is this. We punt the favor of God because we want comfort. We punt the favor of God because we don't want challenge. We punt the favor of God. We, we actually limit the scope of our life and influence and the cause of Jesus in the earth because we, we, we interpret favor as easy. No, favor is opportunity. Favor is opportunity. Favor is opportunity. And favor, favor is more important than finance or friends or anything else you want to calculate. Favor, favor will sometimes add those things to you and sometimes replace those things to you, but you end up with a course and a purpose. So here we are. We are Activate Church, Community Transformation, Anywhere, Everywhere. Become like Jesus. That's the gig, right? That's the gig. And let's face it, that's not always convenient, is it? No, somebody put two sugars in your tea instead of one. How the heck can you be like Jesus then? Someone cuts cuts in on you on the road. Like, how can you be like Jesus then? No, 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 we curse them. We take authority over them. Bust their tires in the name of Jesus. 
May they, may, may they want to go to the bathroom and they can't open the doors. Yes, yes. No, no, it's not convenient, right? It's, this gig is not convenient. It's not, it's not to do with us. And so I, I want us to understand, I want us to understand the favor finder. What is the favor finder? How, how can you get that favor finder working? Well, number one, you have to remember it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about your well-being. It's not about you feeling good. It's not about you being blessed. You're already blessed. You don't need any more. It's not about convenience. But it's about fulfilling the purpose of God in our lives. It's about taking the opportunities and privileges that Jesus lands on our lap. So where do you find, where do you find the favor finder? Where do you find it? Place, first place you'll find it is in serving. In serving. Find a place to serve. Favor will turn up. Find a place to serve. If, you just, if you're just one of these people to check in on a Sunday morning and you just check out, not much favor there. Hello. I'm trying to be a pastor now, and it's very difficult. <laughs> no, no, no. God has something bigger, bigger, than you, bigger for you than just a corporate morning worship service. We serve. We serve. And as we serve, we actually find favor comes to us. So I was speaking in a place called um, Smithers. It's, a, it's, a, it's 12 hours drive north of Vancouver. Small community, about 20,000 people. And uh, there's a new kind of community of faith planted there. And they're really, from the get-go, they, they got community transformation on the radar immediately. They only have one, one Sunday morning service once a month. They have a Sunday night service every week to upload DNA, pray for various needs, a little bit of teaching. But the rest of the time, the, uh, the leadership has commissioned the church to find a way to get favor, to serve their city. There's a, we, we, Jews and myself, we met a young girl that 20, 24 years of age, married three or four years, got two children, two children and uh, three. That'll give you, that'll, that'll keep you busy, won't it? Two children and a three. And so she's thinking about a city. She's thinking about how, how do we, engage in the city and of course she understands having a baby she understands the support that she had from her husband she understands the support she had from her family she's grateful but then she's realizing there are there are girls in the city single parent moms they have support from nobody they may have run away from home got pregnant turned up in smithers they got nobody and so she says Jesus, so, so this is an opportunity. I'm feeling favor. I wonder what I could do to be a blessing to these girls. And so she thought, I know what I'll do. I'll cook meals three times a week for them, hot meals three times a week for them. So every other day, they don't have to think about the main meal of the day. Well, this family, they don't have a lot of cash, right? So she's, she's going, you know, that last shift of the day where food has been put on the shelves cheap. Because she realized if she gets it, it'll be 
It'll be good food, and if she can cook it that night, she can freeze it, and it'll be good, right? Because she's on a passion, because she's, she's got favor, right? She hasn't got a lot of money. She certainly hasn't got a lot of time, but she's got favor, right? Yeah. She's got favor. <laughs> and so she, she does that, and she's doing it on her own, looking after six or seven girls every week, every other day, cooking the meals, filling the freezer. And then one of her neighbors says, man, I love what you're doing. Is there any chance I can cook some meals for you? Oh, yeah, this person doesn't know Jesus yet. You know what happens when people start doing the works of Jesus that don't know Jesus? They end up finding Jesus. <laughs> and so, then her friend, in the end, that'll get another freezer. That'll get another freezer. There were so many, so many women in the community cooking meals. Look, I need a few delivery people too. Well, this, was, this had been going on for six months by the time that we got there. And the head of social services rang the church leader and says, You know, Mark, you're not thinking of quitting on that, on that meal deal, are you, for these girls? Because it is such a huge, no, 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 we're not thinking of quitting. We're not thinking of quitting. We're probably at our capacity, but we're not thinking of quitting. I says, oh, that's good. That's good. He says, do you know what? The hospital have got some land, land, land for sale. I'm thinking social services, your church, and the hospital, we get together and we build, more, we build more permanent accommodation for these girls because they're being punted around all the time. At least give them and their baby a place to live for the first 12 months. Wow. What happened? Just scrounging, last-minute food off a few shelves. What happened? Whole team of people now in the community looking after these single parent mums. What happened? An opportunity now to have real estate, to actually give them more security for the first 12 months with their baby. Wow, that's, see, that's called favor. That's called favor. How did that start? Someone won the lottery? I don't think so. No, someone, someone understood there was a need in their world, and possibly they could have a go at fixing it. And there's people in our world. They may be in your office. They may be in your street. They may be in your apartment block. You can fix it. You, you serve them. You serve them. And as you serve them, you watch more favor will come. You watch more opportunity come. You watch more kingdom come. You watch more Jesus turns up because that's how it works. We find favor by serving. And then we find favor in the mess. In the mess. Sometimes when the mess comes, we want to escape, we want to run, we want to go somewhere else. But actually, God is often in the mess. We have a friend in Kinikabalu in, in Malaysia, and uh, he owns a five-star resort, or part owns it now, he's just sold some, some of it off. But he, he came to Jesus quite late in life. His parents punted him, they're all Buddhists. He went off to Kinikabalu and he says, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord says to him, I want you to build a five-star resort. There was no five-star resorts there. There's five or six there now. There's none there. So he had some money, didn't have enough money to build that kind of thing. And there's another problem. Another problem is in Malaysia, foreign people can't own land. He says, well, how is that possible then? How can I build a resort with no land? Lord says, leave it to me. 
And he gets a little thought. Goes to the mayor. He says, look, I know you guys won't sell me land. Sell me sea. Sell me sea. You can't sell me land. We can sell me sea. There's nothing in the Constitution that you can't sell me sea. So, oh, it's you crazy Singaporeans. You're just mad. How much sea? I want about 40 acres. So, well, where all the sewage comes out of the city, give you that bit of sea. So, thank you very much. So, he starts building from the ocean up 40 acres. There's another story behind that story, how all that happened. I can't go into that now. Anyway. He finds, he, finds a, he finds some contractors in um, China that agree to do the complete build. This is a thousand-roomed apartment, a thousand-roomed hotel, 27-hole golf course, a marina, presidential suite, and they're prepared to pay. At the, they only want payment at the end. They don't want interim payments. Well, how lucky was that? You may call that favor, right? And so they come to the end. He's, in, he's hired 2,000 people. Goes to the mayor, says, look, I need my hospitality license to operate. Says, yeah, yeah, we can fix that for you, Edward. But uh, the thing is, um, we need a little favor. So what do you need? He said, we need, I need you to sign over sign over four hotel rooms to our family that we can actually use them any time we like. So, Edward, he's really good. He's really good at blessing. He's not very good at bribing. He says, look, I don't know if I can do that. This is what I can do, though. This is what I can do. You can have four rooms any time you want There's vacancy. And as you know, there's only two peak pews a year where there's 100% occupancy. And... And when you come, your family, you just sign, sign your restaurant bills to me. I pay. I can bless you, but I can't pay the bribes. Oh, that won't work. May says, that won't work. Well, that's a mess, isn't it? There's a man, thousand-roomed hotel, five-star resort, 2,000 people employed, a mortgage of 700 million U.S. dollars. Houston, we have a problem. He said, Lord, what am I going to do? And the Lord says to him, you know, Edward, you should, you should ask the prime minister to come and open the resort. You should do. Okay, writes, writes, writes that. Don't know how that's going to work, but anyway, he's only obedient. Writes, 7 to 14 days, that, yeah, love to do that. As they fix the day, when they're thinking about doing it, the Prime Minister's office contacts the Mayor's office. He says, you know, the Prime Minister is coming to open Suta Harbour, and he really doesn't want to sleep anywhere illegally, so can you make sure that Mr. Ong's papers are all in order? <laughs> Come on, give Jesus praise. It's a mess. And do you know out of that mess, because of how five-star resorts work, at the end of the day, food that are not, is not used and normally is dumped. But they feed a dozen orphanages secretly in the area with five-star food. They've got an apprentice scheme for orphans who actually want to work in the hospitality industry. They can be trained in the hospitality industry. I don't know what the mess is. 
I don't know what your mess is. I don't know what your impossibility is. It's called favor. Hello. You don't like that? Okay, we'll move on. See, our job is to obey and not to discuss. Sometimes when God says something to us, opens a door of opportunity, they come to the committee meeting meets, doesn't it? It's normally in the head. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not experienced enough. I'm not whatever. Yes, 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 vote that idea down right now before we get egg on our face. Thank you very much. Done. I'm here to encourage you because you're all connected to people who are in a mess. Marriage is fractured. Difficulty with pet. Pe Parenting teenagers. Some are way behind on the credit card payments. Others addicted to some form of drugs. No, 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 no. Call, call Teen Challenge to fix that. No, no, baby, God's calling you to fix that. See, and in our world, if there's going to be community transformation, we start to serve. We're not overcome by the mess. And whatever he tells you to do, do it. Let's bow in prayer for a moment. I'm thinking, I'm thinking as I'm talking to you this morning, I'm thinking that some of you are reminded of things that the Lord actually told you to do. And I've come 11,500 miles God's brought me 11,500 miles to remind you of what you know you should do and can do. And if you only become obedient, you will be such a huge blessing to the city of Hamilton, to a family in Hamilton, to a mother in Hamilton, to a child in Hamilton. And I know one of the things that I carry on my life is that, is that dimension of faith. And some of you are already feeling fresh confidence now. So I can do this. I can do this. I've been talking myself up, but I can do this. And if you this morning are saying, Ian, I want to do this. I want to walk in the favor of God. I want to find some way to serve. I want, I want to be obedient. I, I want some more Holy Spirit to encourage me to do that, but I'm up for that. If that's you, then stand right now. I want to pray with you in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray in five, and then it's done, right? One, two, three, four, five. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I say, let your kingdom come. I say, let there be an absolute eruption, an eruption of favor and opportunity upon everybody on their feet. Lord, those that have held back, those that had stuff, they knew they could do, should do, for whatever reason, the committee meeting meant and voted it down, but now they're going to re-engage, Father. They're going to go forward, Father. And I'm expecting blessing and goodness. I'm expecting mercy and grace. I'm expecting salvation to come to, to Hamilton's. Father, we say, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let it come, Lord. Let it come. Just receive right now. Receive right now. Receive right now in Jesus' name.
One last thing, just take a seat for one moment. You know, I, I've spent my greater part of my life encouraging people to do these kind of things. And um, when I knew that I was, I was coming again, we decided to, to get materials that would help you. So the materials I brought this time, you've never had them before. So if you've got stuff from me before, you, you don't have any of this stuff. But I'm passionate about something happening here. And so the days and days and days it took to produce this material, I, we brought it so it'll, there'll be a, 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 a deposit in your lives after I've gone that you keep on getting that spirit that's on me into your spirit, a spirit of confidence and boldness and insight and wisdom and revelation. So there's a series here called God's Twin Engines. How does the church and how does the kingdom of God work together to transform Hamilton? There's one year called Disruptive Creators. We are called to disrupt, disrupt evil practices and establish good practices. It's called cultural transformation. That's what Jesus said. He says, go and disciple nations. That will be a help to some people. Neo Church. What I love about your church, you're on a pattern. It's very few, you're, on a, you're on a plan. It's very few churches on the planet are on it. But I share on you, Neo Church, the new church, what the new church is going to look like. Because what we're experiencing in this morning, that's going to be changing. In time, that's going to be changing. We need to come. We need to be built up. We need to be strengthened. But how we do church is going to look quite a bit different over the next three, four, five, six years' time. So they are available um, on the stand. Um, if you want more, we've put all them plus seven hours more on a USB called Bringing Heaven to Earth. And so that will be a blessing to you. There's, there's other stuff there on faith. There's other stuff there on finance. And look, we do make a profit out of this, but it helps us to do what you saw on the screen. And so even if you don't like my preaching, just buy something and persecute somebody in Eastern Europe. That'll be a good thing. God bless you. Thank you, Ian. That's great. We're going to do a couple of things to finish. And I remind you to be purposed in your giving as you leave. Uh, we're going to receive an offering right now, and we're going to use that to uh, bless Ian and Judith and sow into the Proton Foundation, as we did last year to see the, the NAPI project and other projects. It's a great, great thing to be able to sow into from our global mission. Whilst you're looking in your handbag,